All right, well, welcome back to the Grace Bible Church Bible Study Podcast today. I'm Bob Cachero, one of the pastors here at Grace Bible Church. And I'm Stuart McRae, another pastor of Grace Bible Church. Well, this morning we're going to be continuing our study of Philippians, Paul's letter to the Philippians. We're going to be in chapter 1, verses 9 through 11 this morning. And I'm going to go ahead and just start us out by reading it. Sounds good. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of, the, of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. You know, Stuart, I think this is uh, um, just so typical for Paul and his prayers. I mean, he, he has a lot of prayers that he he prays in Scripture in the New Testament. Uh, Colossians 1.9 is, is a similar sort of prayer that he prays for the church. But even in his benedictions, he's often putting in prayer essentially for, for the church because of his great love for the church and his great love for God's people. And what I find interesting about this is as we think about what we've been talking about um, in this letter, Paul's great love for the Philippians being the first church that he started in Europe, right. um, we get this sense that he's he's... One, his love is motivating him to pray for them. He cares deeply about them. Mm-hmm. But something you said last time as I was thinking about this, this prayer struck me as to you know, why is he praying? What, what he's praying for essentially, just in general, is continued spiritual growth, in particular love to the praise and glory of God for the, for the church. It's interesting if we go back to verse 6 we talked about last time being the hub and everything else around it being the spoke, that this work that God is doing in his people and will bring to completion at the day of Christ seems to be uh, informing this prayer, right, for spiritual growth. And we, we talked a little bit about this, but as we read this, it says that you know God is going to complete this in you, but, but Philippians 2, 12, and 13 reminds us that it's God's work in our work, right? God, Our work is right. God's work in us. Right. Um, and so... Here, Paul also, I think, is showing us the reason why he's praying is because God ordains the ends that we will become transformed like Christ, but he also ordains the means, right? And just as the word of God is a means of grace, so too is prayer for us. And yeah. so I think Paul is praying for that as a, as a means of grace for the for the Philippians. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, well, you know, in, in later in chapter 1, when he's talking about his own imprisonment, he says in uh, uh, the end of 18 to 19, Yes, I will rejoice because I know that through your prayers— and the help of the Holy Spirit, this will turn out for my deliverance. Yep. So, right yeah. there. Yeah. Yep. Perfect example of it. Absolutely. And so, with that sort of background, we can we can now sort of talk about you know Paul's prayer, and if we think about it in, in sort of three categories, there's the petition, right? There's the result that he wants from the petition, and then there's what I'll call the praise at the end. That yeah. all of this is to the glory and praise of God. Yeah. Yeah. And so let's let's start with verse nine. And he's I'll just read it again. And it is my prayer, right, his petition, that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. So it's it's interesting. It's it's love informed by something, informed by knowledge and discernment, right? Not yeah. just what we think of as love, right? Sentimentalism and things like that. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sub- subjective emotionalism. Right. Yeah, I I feel a certain way about someone, but he's he's yeah. talking about a love that is that is so much more than that. Is informed by that knowledge. <laughs> this isn't the type of love that you just kind of fall into and therefore can call, fall out of love too. Correct. Right. right. Yeah. And and we use the word love sort of sloppily, right? We we say I love ice cream. We say I, 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 I do, love. I do. Yeah, love I know you. It doesn't love no. me back anymore, but oh, I man. I do love. 
ice cream. I think actually your your, your true love is pie. If I'm being honest, right? <laughs> that's true. Yeah. You, know, you know me well. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That's not. Yeah. That's fair. Maybe pie that's and fair. ice cream. Well, well, if there's one love of desserts, it's, it's pie. It's that's pie. true. Right. It's pie. <laughs> there you go. Now we've we've settled that. We know. Okay. It, but, but that's there, not this. That's not this. There we go. Back this, to the this text. This is not about pie, right? <laughs> so so he prays right that that this love informed by knowledge and discernment, right? That we, that this would grow in them, right? So it's a picture yes. of abounding, growing, overflowing love, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. and it's important to see that this is sort of a, a picture of, of a progressive growth, right? That it, it would abound, right? It, it's it, when something abounds, it, it grows in abounding, right? Yes. And so that's important. I think the CSB. I'll put a plug in for that just today. I think it has a um, a, a better way of of sort of helping us access that language it says for god is my witness how i'm oh, sorry yeah maybe i'll read the right verse and i pray this that your love will keep on growing keep on growing right in knowledge and in every kind of discernment and i, I think that's a helpful accessible way of, of of saying that but what does he mean right um what does he mean by uh, knowledge right what, what do we what do we what do we think paul is talking about you think we can go back and sit on the love piece a little bit more sure sure um because this is so important, uh, this isn't. Uh, it, it's interesting. Uh, the love piece. It, you, you and you and I were talking just briefly before mm-hmm. we <clears throat> hit record about that. It is interesting here that it's love and not I don't know something else. That your right. faith, that your faith may continue to abound Correct. more and more. Yep. And and I'm, that that's not to say that 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 our faith can't be stronger. But but it's love here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's so interesting. Um, he he prays similar things in First uh, Thessalonians to. the for them, uh, yes. may the Lord make you increase and abound in love. Yep. And then here specifically for one another and for all as we do for you. But again, there's a, this is a common thing for Paul that, that their love, the Christians love, the believers love would abound, increase, keep on growing. Uh, uh, you, you mentioned uh, first Corinthians and the significance of love. Yeah. That's first Corinthians, right? Paul says, if we have all these spiritual gifts or all these other things, but we don't have love, then yeah. we're just a, a banging gong. And I, I think I'm glad you sort of called me back to that because I, I think one of the things to um, highlight here is Paul's idea of love as being central to the spiritual life of a Christian, right? Yeah. He, he talks about that in Ephesians 5, 2, when he tells them to walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, right? He, he highlights that before he talks about all the different ways that should manifest itself. Yes. And then in Colossians 3.14, this is where he really accentuates the fact, he says, above all these put on love, right? Yeah. Which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So to Paul, love is the thing that undergirds, right? The the unity he calls the body of Christ to, that mm-hmm. undergirds the Christian life, yeah. right? Now, first John's replete of the idea that if, if, uh, if, if there's not love for the brother, then the love of God is not in you. That's right. Yes, he's more I mean, stark. It is so clear the necessity of this. But but even even in saying that, I mean that's that's John, and therefore it just proves the point that this is crucial. And of course, John's leaning on Jesus of of the significance of love and love for one yes. another. Yeah. Uh, I, I found a uh, uh, I've used this before in, in in sermons and elsewhere, but just this is agape love. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's different forms of love in the New Testament. This is uh, agape love, and uh, it's an expression of the essential nature of God and the perfect characterization of the relationship between God and humans. Furthermore, this is this is this is agape describes the supernatural character of God reflected 
in the Christian community as shaped by the indwelling Holy Spirit. Very nice. This is a, as it pertains to agape love being something that would be growing in us, this is a supernatural, otherworldly, divine love. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. No, that, that gives us a, a just a wonderful picture of what that love should look like. And and he says it should be informed by knowledge, right? Yep. Knowledge. And here I think he means a knowledge of God's will for our love to, towards others, towards one another, right? Yeah. And, and then he says, and discernment, right? Which means then knowledge is the capacity to understand and apply that, uh, to the, uh, the capacity to understand the knowledge, right? But discernment is the ability to apply that knowledge yep. in, in how you love others. Right. Right. So not just the, that you'd know stuff, right? but what, what to kind of do with that knowledge, yeah, how, to, how to navigate the world around you with that knowledge. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I think it has a sense of being able to sort of wisely express that love towards others. Yeah, right? well, that's it. We, we're getting, we're, we're really scratching here toward wisdom. Yeah. Right? This, yeah. This, this skill and art of godly living in a complex and fallen world. Yeah, right. Yeah. It, it, not just sort of randomly throwing it out there, but actually thinking about what God says, about how we should love one another, what love looks like. Mm-hmm. Even what Paul says, you know, love essentially looks an awful lot like humility in practice, right? Mm-hmm. And Christ is our example of that, loving like him. And and so as we as we understand those truths and we are able to discern how to, when and how and what situations to apply them mm-hmm. and how to apply them, mm-hmm. then we, we love well and we love the way God intends us. This is the, the love of God. Yes. That he gifts to us. That this love isn't, as we said, just the emotionalism, but this is the love that is yep. also filled with knowledge and discernment. It is, it is just such a uh, spectacular, marvelous love. And no wonder he asks God to fill that. Um, yes. Give that to us. Because right. only he can. <laughs> That's right. Right. And he, and he gets to that sort of at the end, doesn't he? So yeah. we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, we'll get uh, there. But, but let's, uh, if you're ready, let's move on to the purpose. Why? Come on, let's yeah. do it. All right. So Paul, Paul uses the word in verse 10, he says, so that, right? Which tells us his, his purpose or the result that he wants this prayer to achieve. And so he says that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. And I'll go through verse 11, the first part of verse 11, because I think that includes that, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, as I said, so that is a, is really the result that he's looking for, right? The what, what he's praying for them to happen. And he says the first word is to, to approve what is excellent. And so to approve is, is to put something to the test and draw a conclusion about it, right? It yep. is to... It is to, uh, it's like Romans uh, 12, 2, when Paul says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect, right? So yep. it's this idea of, of testing something and drawing the right conclusion. But what's interesting is he says what is excellent, and my first sort of idea about that is what is really, uh, what is... Perfect, right? Excellent, mm-hmm. right? It's, it it kind of leads you to there, but it... That's what it made me think of, too. It, it has the sense, really, of what is best, yeah. things that really matter, yep. right? And that that's different than, than we would normally sort of see the word, probably. Again, that's that's back to wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not necessarily navigating through what is the perfect or the sinless or... But it's, it's, it's often a... It's often distinguishing between two things that are actually not sinful in and of themselves. But what what is, what is the better? Mm-hmm. What what is the 
but it's the wisest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Even, even the good, better, best, right? Like yep. th- there are things that are good. There are things that are better. There are things that are best. And right. we can we can learn. And, and, and it's, it's, so it's a discerning love, mm-hmm. right? It's a discerning love that seeks to do what is um, the things that really matter, what is best, right? It's wisdom right. In, that, in that moment. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. And so I totally did not get that when I first read it, which I think is <laughs> helpful to others listening, right? I just, I read it as an English speaker. And it, to me, that was, well, good, better, best. Best is, is excellent or better, right? Yeah. Right? And, yeah. Uh, and so I can, I can miss that idea, but it's so consistent with knowledge and discernment that yeah. we would do what is best. What, Superior might be, might be a better word. Uh, yeah. Uh, one, one commentator said, spiritual discernment demands that one must be able to distinguish one thing from another, deciding what is best mm-hmm. or superior. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. And so he says, after he says we should be able to, he wants us to be able to prove what is excellent, he says, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. And this so is another result he wants from the prayer, right? It's sort of nested into the first one. Mm-hmm. And so what, what does he mean by that? Well, I think what we're seeing is just a picture of growing in Christ-likeness, right? We've yeah. talked about growing in love, and now he's saying that this should prepare you, right, so that when the day of Christ comes, you are you are pure and blameless. And so there is that, that growing purity and growing blamelessness. And it's, it's helpful to think about what he means by those two words, because I, I think they, they refer to both the inner and outer person, right? Purity tends to refer to our in, inner moral purity, mm-hmm. right? That's a, a sense of something inside us, what's going on. And then blameless is actually not causing someone else to stumble or not being offensive to someone else. It, it has a reference to our our outer actions, right? And in and, and that sense that these two things are congruent, right? Our inner matches our outer. Mm-hmm. Our outer matches our, our inner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thought yeah. That was, that was kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if this is a complete backtrack, but I, but I suppose with the ultimate purpose and goal of, of uh, purity and blamelessness, um, there will at times be a need of discerning, like, mm-hmm. what is actually godly versus what is ungodly. Yeah. Um, uh, Hebrews 5.14 describes mature believers, those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Yeah. Um, the, the, the purity blamelessness, uh, the, the ultimate goal in these things, right, yep. um, is sobering and uh, illuminating because I think it, 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 it gets to where Paul's ultimate hope as their pastor and apostle what he wants for them too. So yeah. it's not it's not merely love. It's not merely love filled with knowledge and discernment. It's not merely to have mm. love that's filled with knowledge and discernment so that they can discern uh, what is superior, but it's so that they have love that's continuing to grow with knowledge and discernment so they can discern then, mm-hmm. actually skillfully walk through life, right. discerning what is superior so that they, they can actually be pure and blameless for yes. the day of Christ. That's like, right. That, that is that ultimate apex of where he's going it it, it reminds me of uh when when jesus says the two greatest commandments and he talks about how they fulfill the law and the prophets right yeah. that love of god right and then love of neighbor mm-hmm. right and that love of neighbor absorbs all of the the the, t- of the ten commandments that deal with how we interact with one another right and that this this thing undergirds that so to become truly pure and blameless at the day of christ it must be undergirded by by love yeah and love as you just said wisely expressed 
with discernment on what is good and, and what is the best in this moment for me to do. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and so I, I think that it, it all fits together nicely when we start to sort of unpack it and see it as a wisely expressed love that undergirds all of our, our progression in Christ, as, a, as a Christian and, and that what um, even Jesus said for us that this sort of undergirds everything. That yeah. We, right? Yeah. 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 All right. So we have we have him praying, right? Just sort of recap where we are. We uh, he's praying for that our love would abound. We, we would be growing in um, as a, as a Christian, in particular, in our love. That love would be growing more and more, but it would be a wisely expressed love based on the knowledge that we grew in and in, in our ability to discern. And as you said in Hebrews five. Yeah, five fourteen. Yeah, right. It's it's, it's through practice, <laughs> yep. right? That 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 comes, but and then the purpose, right? The result that he wanted that we would be able to approve, be able to test and determine what is what is best in that situation, right? And then so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. That reflection of our inner and, and outer person congruently working together. Yeah. Then verse eleven. Well, actually, I, I want to say a word about the day of Christ. I just think that's, he talks about that up in verse six, right? He says sure. the day of Christ, and he's sort of bringing our mind back to that as well, I mm-hmm. think, right? Connecting those two. That's the day of the, the return of the Lord, essentially, right? That we are before him, and that is the ultimate uh, goal in our eventual glorification, right? That not only is our inner person fully sanctified, but our outer body is also changed and transformed. And so the picture is of complete transformation, yeah. right, on that yeah. day. Yeah. But then he says in verse 11, right, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. That's just the first half. Yeah. Right. And so filled, it's a, I, to me, it, it sort of, it led me to see it as a, a, as one of the means of the result of growing in pure, being pure and blameless, right? That it is this fruit of righteousness in me. And one of the things I saw initially was, well, this must be talking about Galatians at least, right? Fruit of the spirit like, mm-hmm. that God gives to all believers, right? That yeah. enables us to actually live this growing life as a Christian, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, mm-hmm. and, and love being the, the first one. Well, and that points back to where you started, right? Yes. Yeah. Points right yeah, back that's to, good. Right back to love. Yeah. What else did you see in that, though? I'm just curious. Uh, John 15, 5. Um, okay. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So yeah. I think at the, at the least it's it's those two things, the fruit of the Spirit or good works or the fruit of godliness, righteousness, Christian yeah. living that's pleasing to the Lord. Yep. And, 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 and so... John 15 is about our union with Christ, right? It's our, yeah. our vital spiritual union. Right. The, the the fact that the Spirit works in us to produce fruit is actually a reflection of the blessings that come through uh, through that spiritual union with Christ. Yeah. Right? And he he says that these things come through him. So yeah. one of the things is it's not a moral achievement. It's a it's a gift of God. Yes. Th- this ability, right? Yes. This fruit. And that that's important, right? Yes. Yeah. It's not the fruit of our righteousness. It is the fruit that comes to us through the righteousness of Christ, through our union with Christ and our relationship with him. Yeah. Um, George Guthrie just said something that was striking. He says, Christ, through new covenantal faith-enabled transformation, has made it possible for people to live righteously by transforming them. Yeah. And praise God he has, right? Because right? I'm pretty, pretty sure that there are days that my love is a little bit less than it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and again, um, uh, verse 6, God finishes what he starts. Yep. That's what's going on here. It's, it's praying for God to finish what he started here in this prayer, right? Yes. Because it's yes. keep doing the things, God, <laughs> that only you can do That's right. so that the end will be rock solid and That's assured right. that your people will be pure blameless, ready for Christ's return, yep. to be filled with the fruits of righteousness that comes through Christ. And how encouraging is that, right? I mean, you read his prayers, it's three verses, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> three verses. And he says so much, but just the, the encouragement of, of um, this divine provision yeah. for our growth, right? that we are not alone, that this is... Um, the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. And because it can be hard, right, to, to love others. I mean, there's the person at work who you don't really want to love very much, maybe, or there's even family members who, who you may have difficult relationships with. Mm -hmm. and, and yet this reminds us as we think about the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, that these spiritual resources, to be actually able to do that, yep. to love wisely and yes. well, yes. come through Christ. Yes. And that should just make us put our hands in praise, right? Because um, I, I think too often we think, oh, no, I just have to love more. I have to love better. I have to do these things, right? Instead of mm -hmm. thinking about the one through whom this comes to us and letting that empower and motivate us to, to love well and wisely. Yeah, which is exactly where he ends, right? This, this prayer is a petition for God to act. Yes. Um, two, two, two mays. I think there's an apparent may in there as well that sort of – embedded but the idea of when we see these these prayers often paul uses that language of may yes. because this is a request that god would you may you do this mm -hmm. what only you can do yes. so asking god to do what only can do and then in the end it's to the glory and praise yes of god yeah that's right i mean that's that's the thing ultimately this is for his glory Yep. And his praise. And I, I found it, I don't even know where the quote came from now, but it was just, uh, it was a commentary I looked at. Christians exist to praise God as pointers to his glory. Yeah. We live a holy and loving life not to point to the work we do, but to point to the fruit God grows in us through Christ. People should see our good works and say, what a great God. Yeah. Right? And yeah. and, and that, hmm. honestly, that to me gives a, such a motivation too, right? A, a heart, right? Like, Okay, it's not just about what I look like, yeah, right. And it's not actually not at all about that. It's, it's what I look like to others for the glory of God. Yeah. So that when they see how I live my life or how well I love in this case, right? Yeah. That they look at and they go, "Wow, how can he do that? Yeah. Why is he like that?" And that somehow that points them to Christ. That points them to God. Makes me feel like, makes me think, both that. A prayer should be reflective of this, mm -hmm. and uh, not um, uh, even privately or or or, or hidden. Uh, I think Paul does this, if you will, publicly. Mm -hmm. uh, not simply just so that they would know that he loves them and that he's praying for them, because he he said that up in the beginning. I think, my God, I almost yeah. remember you every time I'm praying for you. Yes, you got to stop there. Right. But I think in part he actually shares what one of those prayers are yes. so that they would be rightly motivated yes. and then they would praise God for the growth that they see. So I think yes. I think 
us praying in that way, in that explicit nature, and, and, and indeed ending with, may these things be true so that you might get praise and glory, yeah. is, is one, one thing yeah. of just like, yep, that, that's something I need, to, I need to continue to be intentional about. Mm-hmm. I, don't, it's, I don't think that's something that like, most of us don't like, know, if you will, if we were sort of tested, but it's sort of like, but are we doing that? And mm-hmm. do we see the, 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 the godly, God-exalting utility of it? Yes. Um, in, in the work of transformation. And then the other, w- which is not prayer related, but it is connected, is just being intentional with highlighting evidences of grace in people's lives so that yeah. when you see love, it is, wow, yeah. so-and-so, yeah. that's God at work in you because yes. it's the fruit of the Spirit. And so yes. it, that, 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 again, uh, transfers what could be inadvertent praise to them it transfers it to God. Yes. You see? Yeah, no, I, I think that's 100% right, whether it's our children or, yeah, or an right. adult. These, yeah. these are things we, we need to connect, right? Yes. And, and Paul does that. And he's and so it's, it seems like sort of the this, this simple application sometimes to look at his prayer and say we should pray like this. But it is true. Right? It is true. It is true. And and Paul even says it, right, in, in, in Philippians 9, what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. Oh, that's good. Right? Yeah, that's good. He's encouraging us to, mm-hmm. to see this. So his prayer is both a, uh, an encouragement to them because he's praying for them, right? This, this person they know and they know that loves them, but also it's, it's to them, it's for us. Yeah. And it, it helps us think about this. And I'll, I'll say it, I, I think it's true that we, we tend to pray a lot of times for good and, and, and right things. Aunt Matilda's hip, please, you know, healing. Yeah, Aunt Matilda, though. She's got, yeah, a lot of problems. But, the, um, but, but we, 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 and we will pray, uh, you know, for spiritual growth and certain things that people are struggling in. But his is just a, um, a way of praying that we, it, it's big. Yeah. Right, it's 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 big, and it it points us to Christ in two places. Right, mm-hmm. that resources come through Christ, and it's to the praise and glory of God. Yes, and I feel like I feel huh, it's a bad word. I think that sometimes, like you said, we just sort of forget those two pieces when we pray. Yeah, we we pray and we and we don't say at the end, and may all this, Lord, not be for us. Yeah, but to bring you glory and praise at the yep. day of Christ, right? When, when, when everybody sees it, <laughs> yep. right? And it's yep. perfection. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah, maybe you just actually simply don't even know how to pray for somebody else. Yeah. Whether because you just you haven't been able to catch up for a while, but they come to mind, or you're just struggling as you're hearing them tell their story, or whatever that is. Yeah. We, we've all been in those spots. Yeah. Um, Paul's prayers are are meant to be. Uh, used yes uh there's no plagiarism there you you can just that's right use them and that's say right. that that's that's what i'm gonna be praying for you and just just pray yep. paul's prayer that's right over that person yeah. in, in insert name on where it says you <laughs> right <laughs> and just pray it and matilda yeah, and matilda and matilda <laughs> yes may you grow in abounding love and yeah now this is this is a, an amazing passage an amazing prayer i encourage all of you to to just to go through paul's prayers uh, da carson wrote a book called the prayers of paul which yep, is a, a wonderful book that talks about sort of each of his, his more significant prayers in scripture and unpacks yep. them you you would definitely be uh, encouraged by that i think devotionally and so i want to encourage you to think about that too any any last thoughts that you have no, buddy, this was great. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, that's it for today. We thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next Wednesday.